Sausage roll with snowflakes. <laughs> they, they melt in the oven. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, but on a serious note, I have tried it and it's it's very, very nice. Good. Uh, good. And more options for people with different dietary requirements is a good thing. Yes. So uh Unless you're a cat. Yeah, there's the art. Christopher! Maths Jufer. You're in the same room as me. I mean listen, ladies and gentlemen. We're touching. We're, we're, Touching, oh, oh, touching oh, part. Oh, oh, um, oh, it's good to come good back to, to the realm yes, um, of dreams. Of dreams. Uh, don't ever do that. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Um, Welcome, one and all, to the big damn cast. Starring me, 18 small men and lay in a line. And me, Three beavers in a trench coat. Here we go! Oh, but they're all wearing sunglasses because the two down below got jealous that the one yes. up top gets to play human. They all peek out. Yeah, they all peek out at all yeah. times. Why do you have so many eyes? Um, um, so much has changed since I've been away. So much has changed. There's like three new poker stops in the local yes. vicinity. Yes, yes. And one has been turned into a gym! Yeah. There's three gyms within a yep. two second walk of each other. Yeah. I'll never socialise again. I, I discovered... I'll be hanging around... Precincts looking like a dodgy murderer. I, I went for a walk. <laughs> oh my god, we can battle now. Yes, we can battle we now. Can we should battle. battle after this. We should totally battle. We'll, we'll battle on the show. We'll do it. We'll battle on the live show later fight, on. Paper live fight, Live <laughs> Pokemon Go battling. Um, so... Oh, wheat. How are you, me old I'm muckle? I'm alright, I'm alright. It's, it's been a busy old Christmas and New Year. I'm just taking some... Some time off for my birthday week, and so we can do this and adventures and backlogging and some other bits and pieces. You're not going away. No. Later on, no, no, I'm not going away. You're about. I was. Kimishi was trying to pressure me into going away. Oh. We were like, where? I want to want to take you for your birthday. I'm like, I kind of don't want to go anywhere. I've got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> I want to be off work, but I've still got a lot of things I want to do. Can I do the things at the home? No. Do we? Do we just like? Do you know what? Instead of spending money on a little trip, she should just spend money on some fake palm trees. Well, <laughs> she has taken me to see the Rocky Horror Show on Friday night. <gasps> Bay. Yeah. Sweet Bay. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Sweet Bay. Sweet Bay. Sweet Bay. I can't wait. Mm, Sweet Bay. It's going to be ace. I've heard good things about this tour as yes. well. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Nice. I think I've got a Dom Jolly narrator. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's been on it. I think the narrator's changed. They circulate. Yeah, yeah. There's like yeah. four, five of them. But yeah. We'll just see. It's just we a jump black. I think we should. I'll probably I probably replaced. Train. I was replaced him at a job. True story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CBB's bedtime story. <laughs> he was meant to do it, and then literally the morning of, they got confirmation from his agent that he wasn't going to come, and I don't know why. To this day, I don't know why he, he pulled out, but he pulled out that day. He's just Catholic. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surely, I'm surely he should have stayed in <laughs> and seen it through to the end Dom uh, I'm glad he didn't because I got a random extra job that day they were like hi um, Dom Jolly in the rhythm method I, I was I was, I was, doing pre-records at uh, CBBC that morning instead of live afternoons that day and they were like are you free this afternoon I went well I've got meetings but like they're just with the team so I'm sure they won't mind if I skip them why and they're like would you do two CBBC bedtime stories I was like yeah give me the books I'll look over them over my lunch and I went back, sat in the same makeup room I normally do, but was randomly given, like, we'll, uh, so we'll get you a coffee. Uh, is there anything you'd like? Any sort of uh, pastries or anything you want? I was like, 
what's going on? But it's because they had a budget for this stuff. Do you know what you I mean? You never it's treat like, me like this. But do you know what I mean? But they had a budget for that stuff, and they kind of have to spend it. And, and you don't, you don't want to not treat a guest like you do every other guest. So it was like, okay, but it felt so weird. It's like, oh, this is what it's like when they look after you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds so like first world in complaining, but honestly, like we used to show up and do live mornings and someone hadn't even like put milk in the fridge for us. Oh, good. So it was just like, this yeah. is really annoying. We had guests come in who used to do CBBC. Um, I shan't name any names, but they rhyme with Rick and Tom. And they said like, <laughs> they came to do a live morning with us. They were like, where's, where's breakfast? We were like, oh, um, what do you mean? They were like, no. Like seriously, when we used to do the live mornings, they'd, they'd get stuff get in. They'd at least put stuff in the night before, so that when we came in, we didn't have to worry about it. We could all just show up, have something to eat and a drink, and start the day. It was like, yeah, now you've mentioned it, that is actually a really useful human yeah, necessity. That would be nice. Oh my god, they've never done this far as ever. Um, so that would be nice. Yeah, because they were tight with their money. Um, Not for you, Johnson. Yeah. So what I'm basically saying is, uh, find out where Dom Jolly's working. Get him cancelled for the day. And then I can... No, you can take off. I'd reap yeah. the benefits. So basically what I'm saying is, I'll be the narrator in that performance of Rocky Horror. I would love that. But then again, you've seen me in worse clothing. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm oh. going to try and probably get up to Arcade Club at some point this week as well. Oh, you have not in, been still. In Bury. Well, that's exactly why I want to try and get up there. Oh, um, get me, up there. Take me and my dog. Don't, she's not allowed out yet. I like it. Mm, I don't think you can take dogs there. No. What, what the fuck is a dog going to do on an outrun machine? Well. Dog playing Galaxian. It's just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. Oh, copyright, go buy it. Um, yes. <laughs> um, a legend. So yeah, what's going on with you, Cocker? Are you relaxing into your post pantomime <laughs> depression? <coughs> the day we record this, <clears throat> yes, I've been home <clears throat> as of right now, less than twenty four hours, and I am. Um, what normally happens is I get home. I'm really happy to be home. I'm chuffed. I'm kind of chilled, and then about a day later, like you know when you have a gym routine, and then you don't do it for a week. And then that week, for some reason, your body goes, I hate everything. That's kind of what it's like after that many shows in that short amount of time. You come back, you're all energetic to be home, and then a day later you go, I know I don't know how to function. <laughs> Difference is, I have to be like that with a new dog. Oh, so, no. So um, I, I can't be too knackered. So right now I feel okay. And tonight Lou's making her world-famous chili con carne. So I'm looking forward to that. But tomorrow, it's me, the dog, and some admin work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I'm dreading. I know I'm, I know I'm just going to go up to the computer, dog pen to my left, and I'm either going to distract myself and play with the dog all day and fall asleep and play with the dog and fall asleep and play with the dog. Oh, as opposed to distracting the dog and playing with yourself all day. Hey! All that. <laughs> like, that's the other alternative. <laughs> it's just going to be, let's get started on this admin. Or... Or a wank. Like, that's also uh, fine. Hi, dog. You were sleeping in another why room. Why not both? Um, you go that way. I'm going to go in here and do things that will get this podcast pulled off the airwaves if it was on radio. <laughs> um, but it's not on radio. This it's is here. why we can't get a bigger audience, Chris. Are you, you keep kidding me? talking about penises. Are you kidding me? If we renamed the show Two Lads Talk About Having a Wank, <laughs> we would probably get 
all the subscribers. Yeah, to be, to be fair, I've been listening to My Dad Robert Porno recently. That's a great and podcast. Is, and it is. That is a mm, great podcast. Mm, mm. Uh, to, to, not to sound like a freaking YouTube video, but guys, it does help out a lot if you hit that subscribe button <laughs> and ding the bell. Ding the Smash dollar. that like button. And if you do enjoy Big Dumbcast, tell people. No, it's 2019. Tell people. And we would like this year. We've got stuff we want to do, but if, it also helps if you guys give us a nudge too. If you do enjoy Big Dumbcast, tell yeah. people. Help so folk. you can get the help you need. Yes. <laughs> so they can hold you down and stop you listening to another episode. Um, um, but yeah, so I've got that business out of the way. Now we're back. Back again. again. Shady's back. Shady never left. With Venom. Venom 2's happening with the same screenwriter, by the way. Oh, fuck. So they learned all the right lessons <laughs> for the success of that movie. It's already out in the States. Like, it came out late October, Blu-ray was out for Christmas. Well, of course. Less than two months later. You've got to get, you get Venom in, in that in the home. And because, obviously, Marvel and uh, uh, Hasbro? Is Hasbro that make Marvel Legends? Yes. Marvel and Hasbro obviously have a, a thing where they don't really make action figures based on any movies outside of yes. the MCU, which kind of sucks. It'd be nice if a different studio would maybe do that, like Mayfex or whatever, the more expensive ones maybe. Or, mm. or if Marvel Select will go, oh, go on, we'll do it in this we'll get line. get to do it because they just lost a big chunk of the DC license. Oh! oh. But, um, yeah, because obviously Venom never got an action figure, though Marvel capitalised by releasing a, a Venom builder figure. Yes. Wave. Was it Space Venom or was it just regular Venom? Uh, no, it was, uh, the Wave itself was um, Poison, so the Peter Parker symbiote. Ah, yeah. Uh, identity from a recent story, I guess. I've not actually read it. Um, <clears throat> uh, scree- scream? Scream. The female one. Yeah. The the girl one. The girl one. Um, that was in the ride. Spider-Ham. Yes. Uh, so the non-figure of the wave, but with the biggest builder figure part. Yes. Uh, Carnage with the new accessories and swappable head of Cletus Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Venom with new accessories and swappable head of Eddie Brock. Very 90s style flat top, big thick eyebrows. Nice. Um, and I want to say Typhoid Mary. Um, fucking deep pull. Yeah. Well, if you're a Deadpool slash 90s Deadpool fan, I guess. But, quite, quite. So they, they were the wave and the builder figure was called Monster Venom. Basically, the Venom figure was an 80s style, you know, like muscly uh, McFarlane okay, face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, McFarlane, Eddie Brock face. The Builder figure was like the late 90s big, bulging, like tendrils, giant face version of the character. Yeah, yeah. So just bigger Venom, basically. Bigger Venom. Um, but Marvel really, Marvel and Hasbro released that because it's like, yeah, we're not releasing any Venom tie-in merch. That should be the sequel. But the we'll sequel should Venom. be bigger Venom. Just bigger Venom. Venom 2. He's been he's been gorging on chocolate and tater tots. Venom 2, <laughs> the streets. The streets. Um, but yeah, because of that, the Walmart release of Venom on Blu-ray... Uh, you could buy a version that was in an action figure box with an old school style action figure based on the movie version and the discs are just in the cardboard backing of the box. Or like Toy Biz style. Yeah. Ugh. But obviously not directly homaging or parodying because copyright reasons. Yes. Like, yeah, so it's just a basic four points articulation figure. But it was their way of going, there, we've got a toy out. Here you go, folks. You want it? By the way, it's... Toy it's three, Venom. 3.7 inches, but you want it, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's awkward. It's like, Again, it's like 4.5 inches, so it doesn't even fit with any waves of anything. It's... That's They just nicked on my pickup line. <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> it's do you like 3.75 inches. inches of consistency? But you want it, right? Um... <laughs> <laughs> want to put it in your playset? 
Oh, no. Sweet. No. Sweet baby Jesus. Um, it's funny because the contents page describes this section as it's good to be it's back. It's good to be back. But every noise you've made so far has been wails of pain. It's no, so much <laughs> displeasure. Um, Just like watching Venom. Venom. Um, I've uh, got a penum and I use it to write wooden. <laughs> uh, toe jam in oh, I can't believe they're doing another one of those. <laughs> I I know. But yes, there's some there's some stuff coming up. Uh, we we got another we got another uh, Captain Marvel trailer released today. Well, you can't call it a trailer; it's a special look. Yeah, I believe it ends, it, it ends with like buy your tickets now. So it's a it's now. a yeah. It was a TV a... spot. It was in. It was like it was in during a. <laughs> it was on during a American sports game. Or, or, was it, or was it during the Golden Globes? Maybe. No, it was a it was a game. Ah. Golden Globes was last night, you know. Spider Verse won Golden Globes the night before. Oh, that was last night. No, Golden Globes been and gone, my friend. Oh yeah, it was the night before because um, uh, all the funny people who weren't nominated for anything this year but were sent to Golden Globes parties were posting those videos of them in elevator, the fake elevator videos. Yes, and you could tell the comedians were because you went to the Golden Globes party page, you'd watch it, and any actor who wasn't a comedy actor. It was just sort of like not very funny, and, and, there was... uh, and then you'd have like Rachel Bloom or Karen Gillan going like, "Yeah, we're going to make this fucking funny." Yeah, and they'd do something really funny with it. You'd be like, "Yes!" And there was all the stuff. Content the, um... well done. The rest of them just sort of posed. I'm like, huh. and there was all the stuff. And like Rachel the... Bloom's like sharing a spliff with the bellhop and things like that. The, the few... Karen Gillan drinks a whole can of beer, throws it at the floor, and walks out of a lift sideways in a way that implies the lift is bigger on the inside because. She knows what comments it'll get. She knows her audience. Uh, there was also taller than Sin. There was all the stuff with the Fiji water girl on the red, cab- oh, on the red yes. carpet. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Spider-Verse won Best Anime Feature. Woo. As well it should. And then drawing a sports guam. Bohemian Rhapsody won Best uh, Film? Best Film Comedy or Music. No, Best Film Drama. Yeah, Best Film Drama. And then Green Book won Best Film Comedy or Musical. And Kevin Spacey won creepiest short video. Uh, let's not even talk about that bullshit. Um, you want me back. But yes. <laughs> no, we don't. No. No, we don't. Captain Marvel, special look. I. I. Captain. I, I can I say can. that because Fury has two eyes and there's a captain in it. What more <laughs> can we say about Captain Marvel other than it's coming out soon and it looks great? We'd like it now. We, I'd like it now. We would like it now. Brie Larson is so great. In There's this. some nice character moments in this trailer that haven't been in the other trailers. Sorry, in this special yeah. look that weren't in the trailers. Yes. Um, where she gets to sort of show Carol's dry humour, which is really yeah. nice. She's got a bit of sass on her. She's got, got a bit great of eyebrow work, hasn't she? <laughs> so, she's like second only to the rock eyebrow work. <laughs> getting Working those eyebrows. She's working them. I think where you get a lot of a lot of people coming to Marvel movies and, you know, they have to work out and tone up and, and you know, chisel that physique. Brie Larson just did eyebrow workouts. <laughs> That's all she did. That's not too undersell any of the work she has done, boys and girls. But the most impressive muscles on display here are, are in, in face in the face In the facials. Those caterpillars are working overtime. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it looks... What... what but it I, continues I, my, to look great. My one qualm from this, and I, I point out when we were watching it before we recorded, was like I think the CGI blurred battle thing at the end, which we've seen a glimpse of in the previous trailer, mm. does look big and cool. But I think the Captain Marvel model, it might just be the lighting. It probably I might is need the to lighting. see. It, I might need to see it in more scenes and sort of see it in context. But it looks a bit raggedy. 
Whereas... It's the face. It's the face. That could just be because all the CGI budget's gone to Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. We didn't de-age Samuel L. Jackson. We actually constructed an entirely digital Samuel L. Jackson. It's a new Samuel. It's a fresh... It's a 3D printed Samuel L. Jackson. Piloted by tiny people. By a tiny fleet of Samuel L. Jackson. It's Meet Dave. But Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, I mean that instantly improves Meet Dave. <laughs> and 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 that, that's not something thought possible. But no. you put Samuel L. Jackson in anything, and it does improve. Meet society. Dave is a perfect film. People enjoy the spirit, not because it's a good film. Because Samuel L. Jackson's devouring scenery. <laughs> um, people wait. People enjoy the spirit. Frank Miller did. <laughs> Frank Miller doesn't enjoy anything. <laughs> All you need to do. To understand that Frank Miller doesn't enjoy anything, he's read something that he's written. He, no, he does enjoy something. He loves random bold text for random words yes. to make the emphasis not work loves, properly. He loves <laughs> prostitutes. Fucking loves <laughs> prostitutes and killing prostitutes. Yeah, well, and prostitutes that kill. Yeah, and 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 and, and sad jokers. Sad jokers. He and, loves, he loves and, sad jokers. And I blame him for the war on jokes and riddles. Uh, Ultra right wing conservative Batman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Even though Batman's entire modus operandi is very, being very anti gun. <sighs> the like most anti conservative thing ever. And yet, Frank does love his imagery he's, of Batman with a gun. He's a rich dude who beats up poor people. Instead of solving their problems, <laughs> how like he solves their problems? We've got institutes this is, for this sort of thing. This is why and he puts them away in those institutes. This is why I have <laughs> I have more and more of a problem with Batman as a character as I get older. Again, I think it depends on who writes him. Yeah, Paul Dini and, and Bruce Timm and all those guys down at series got it right. Like that is not a stable man. No, but we're watching the cool spy adventures of Secret Muck Identity Man. Secret <laughs> and and his cool rogues gallery and his really cool mobster stories, but they don't shy away from the fact that he's not a stable individual. No, I was rewatching um, because it came up on on Twitter the other day. Someone shared it as a moment. I was rewatching the prologue to Batman Beyond, and I forgot that the opening scenes to Batman Beyond are Bruce in 2019, mind you, um, older in the black suit. With the complete black mask, with the red bat on his chest, he has a heart attack during a fight with some goons, and one of them takes advantage of. It's like he's clearly struggling. They take advantage and they beat him down, and then he grabs a pole, like, and he goes to beat the beat the shit out of Batman, and Bruce panics and grabs a discarded gun from one of the criminals and points it at the bad guy, and the bad guy, and it's great because they say everything with no words. The bad guy clearly sees in his face, like he sees, he's like. Batman wouldn't do this and he shits himself and he runs out and the police catch him. Batman looks at the gun in his hands, realises, drops it, leaves the building, peels his mask off and looks like he's horrified with himself. And that after that he hangs up the suit, shuts down the cave and buggers off. And he says no more. And it's like, wow. The animated DC Universe acknowledges that Batman is not a well man. No. <laughs> this is much more well, mature of... than most other adaptations of the character. Mask of the Phantasm does that. <clears throat> oh, God. That is still the best Batman movie. And it's... now I've got it on Blu-ray, it's motherfucker! so, so very oh, good. I can't wait to see the upscale. It's so very good. I don't, have they um, re- did they remaster Phantasm and Sub-Zero with the set, or did they just upscale them? I have no idea. Because they always refer to it as like the complete thing, you completely remastered from the ground up. 
And also, with the first time ever on Blu-ray, Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero. Yeah. They might have been better transfers anyway because they were... Phantasm, they were Phantasm theatrical releases. Sub-Zero was later and was in the New Adventures style. But if so. they were on theatrical releases, they'd have been on film stock anyway. Uh, Sub-Zero so. was, was DVD. And oh, was DVD right. Release. It was like an early DVD, like, exclusive to DVD. I remember it coming out on VHS. Oh, you know, whatever, we would have VHS, but it was like the early days of DVD was when it was released. That was the that was the big push. It was like WB Kids were going, here's a Batman movie on DVD. And then the next one was Return of the Joker after its network premiere. Yes. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is again, why is it that two of the, no, the three best Batman movies, come at me, motherfuckers, the three best Batman movies are Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, and the Lego Batman movie. Why is it the animated ones are better? Because the live-action ones always try and be too serious. I mean, The Dark Knight is arguably the best film out of all the Batman yeah, movies. Yeah, but it's... it's And not... Batman 89 is a fucking riot. Yeah, but they, they try and ground him too much. Yeah, and Batman Begins is a really solid movie. They just, they just they just try and... And Batman Returns has a nice soundtrack. You can... <sighs> Batman Returns. I will fight you! I will play this. Uh, I'm looking forward like to a like heart a hell. Uh, What's that, Alfred on the fucking decks? I'll play this city. You know if that like if that from if that movie came out today, you'd get legions of people wearing "Play Me Like a Harp" hats. Oh God, Oswald, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, things like that. Like oh. he, he, that would get him elected. That wouldn't get him impeached. It would. <laughs> I could shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue. And nobody can do anything. <laughs> um, it could be worse, okay. My nose could be gushing blood. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, God. weird, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think, I think live-action Batman tends to... They tend to try and ground him too much and make him, like, the super spy, hard-boiled, gritty detective. Not, you know... Uh, I think Begins does a good job with it because it, it shows a, you that it all comes from a place of trauma. He's a crazy white rich kid who dresses up as a bat and beats people up. Like you can't ground that in all seriousness. I mean, eighty nine does that quite well then because it, yeah. he's not the focus and it doesn't shy away from how weird he is. And he is he's weird. Upside down. Yeah, he's a weird guy, <laughs> and that's what people like. Don't people they try and make Bruce too? And you want to talk like he wants to bust that body. He does want to bust. Oh, that Oh yeah. Body. Oh yeah, he, he wants to bust like, that body right. He is a tortured individual, but it manifests as this righteous um, conviction, not so much as uh, an outer torment. Hmm. Like he's not an emo kid. He he got buff and beat up the bullies. It just happens that he's rich and the bullies are poor and mental. Yeah. And in need of help. So, and in need of actual... But some no, of them in need of actual care and attention. But no, I'm just going to hit you. Hit you hard. Um, so, uh, yeah. Which that's all we've got Marvel. to say about the Captain yeah. Marvel special look. We've just got a lot to say about Batman. Um, uh, okay. We see a scroll shape changing and that makes me happy. Yes. It looks yes. cool. It, it looks look all cool. scaly and weird. It does look... Because you never really see it in the comics. You sort of see characters half and half. On the subject as, as they transform. On the subject of shapeshifting, you know what I rewatched recently when I ripped it to my Plex server. Oh, you beauty! Go on, what did you watch? X Men. Okay, the two thousand movie. The two thousand movie. Uh, Brian, let's not speak his names. X Men. Yeah. 
I like that film. Some of that, I was watching it and going, actually, they've done some really neat things in this. And some of it really works. The prejudice stuff works really well. Yeah, I like... like again, not to not to give him any more credit than he deserves for anything. Yeah. Creep. Not to give him any credit at all. Yeah, but like in terms of this, he's obviously brought a lot of his like teenage repression over his mm. sexuality into the topic. Mm. And that's the angle he's coming at it from. And if you're mm. watching it behind the scenes... Um, that's what Ian McKellen was sold on the project about. He said, oh yeah, yeah. He said he wasn't. He said he was aware of the comic. He did. He did remember reading some when he was younger, but it wasn't really anything he was interested in. Yeah. And then Singer sold him on the point of basically gay oppression. Ian McKellen. And Ian McKellen reread the script from that POV, and he went, "Oh shit, yeah." Yeah. And he was like, "I want to tell this story," and he said, "Like, oh, who have you got in mind for Professor X?" And he said, they said Patrick Stewart. And he went, then I'm doing it. Yeah. And it was like brilliant because yeah. they've been mates for years, but they never like really worked on it. Patrick anything. Stewart's great in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Anna Paquin's really Anna good Paquin's in it. Anna Paquin's really good in it. They, they, I really like that they make Jean Grey a doctor and not just yeah. a person with superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> that's neat. It's got a really um, good tone, I think. That it has got one. a decent tone. It, but feel, then... it feels kind of uncomfortable throughout, like a bit cold. And I think that's mostly just because of the the wash they give it all it yeah sort of has this I, it could wash. do it could do with more colour hmm. and when whenever we get to that bit or it could have done with more gradual colour yeah like by the end of the movie it, it is more bright and vibrant but it's just as like, as like a we are out and proud motherfuckers kind of angle when you get that line from Wolverine uh, of from Cyclops of like what would you prefer yellow spandex all I can think is yes I would yes I would <laughs> thank you and then it was teased to us um, in the Wolverine that we never saw it no um, oh, so there's the barest hint of it in Days of Future Past in Future Wolverine's costume there is yeah. some yellow and blue in it and, we, and then we finally get it arguably we get it properly in Deadpool because a lot of the characters yeah. wear um, Grant Morrison's sort of all new X-Men era oh they're not a Grant Morrison thing Grant Morrison was def- did the black Grant Morrison oh, did, yeah. made the black Who am I thinking but, of them with the... Um, no the yellow and blue have been like an ongoing Hmm. Uh, oh, X-Men no, but I, oh, but I mean, the, I, mean, I, mean from... those, I mean, the sort of the dark blue and black with the big yellow X over the chest and stuff like that. That came from sometime in the late two thousands. Yeah, it? yeah, so not the early two thousands. Yeah. yeah. Well, Grant Morrison was going on, on on the on the black and gold, and then the blue and gold was was more popular in other in other versions of it. There's some great um, lines in it as well. Like, um, <sighs> what was it? Whoa, 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 hey, 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 it's me. Prove it. You're, You're a, a dick. dick. Okay. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like, that's just, like looking at the action that's again. That's quite nice. Looking at and the, the um, and the whole, you told me to stay away from your girl, and all this is like, if I had to do that, she wouldn't be my girl. Blah 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 blah. blah. Then oh Logan, stay away, stay away from, from my girl. James Marsden's great. He's doesn't brilliant. get to do anything. Doesn't get brilliant. to do anything. And how um, Mary's accent, though odd, it is odd, but it she works. makes for a, she makes for a quite a compelling Aurora. Like she's sort of a sweeter, toned down version of her in that movie. But then there's that line, which just doesn't work on I'm, any I'm, level. I will, I will fight for that line in that a better direction. And I'm not saying Halle Berry's a bad actress because she isn't, but a better actor could have done something with that and made it fun. No. And I'll tell you what, it would have been. It would have been a button after the line has said that yeah. would have made it work either Toad's reaction like uh and then hit by the thing or after they said it another character or then no, it should giving be. that kind of moment of what? it's like no, I couldn't think they of fucked, they fucked the punchline up because the line should be you know what happens to a Toad when it's struck by lightning it croaks oh that should be the line there you go damn but it they they fuck it but then I suppose it's implying that she's murdered him so. yeah, I suppose 
and they're they're not all about that, are they? The stuff no. with Senator Kelly's really good. Yeah, the stuff with Senator Kelly is really good. Them leaking through the bars and everything. Oh. The CGI's aged a bit, but it, oh, it still yes. looks cool. Like um, the body horror. They it. fuck Sabretooth up royally. Yeah. But I quite like their version of Toad. Why well, does Sabretooth... I think they mostly fuck him up just because they make him monosyllabic. Yeah, like, Sabretooth is... When he was when he's originally introduced in most of his... Um, most of his appearances, certainly early on, leading up to what made him so popular in the nineties, he's a, he's a schemer, like he was a mercenary. Yeah, he was. When he, oh, he, he's nasty. Like Sabretooth is one of the nastiest villains in the Marvel yeah, universe. He's vindictive, and when he first appears in Iron Fist, hmm. is where he first he's first appears in Iron Fist because Chris Claremont was writing Iron Fist and Uncanny X Men at the same time. Yeah, it was his plan to bring him into X Men. Yeah, then. yeah. Um, he was like a like a mercenary like manhunter person. Like he was a uh, an assassin for hire and he was vindictive about it and nasty and then that led to his feud with Wolverine like he's he's got you know he's, he's smart and cunning and occasionally that he's overtaken by his bestial side but um, so maybe so what it needed in that yeah. one was just for him to react to Logan a bit yeah just like, like in, in that fight they their rematch toward the end of the movie maybe have, maybe have him just clearly enjoying it just, like show him enjoying the just, fight because at least then it's like oh he's got something else going on behind those black contact lenses yeah just have just to have some character other than I'm an idiot mm. I'm a giant idiot Rebecca I'm a remains, big giant idiot Rebecca Remains Mystique is a great well that's what made me think of it is that, yeah. that her Mystique's really good and she gives such a physical performance mm. she doesn't say much that's why she's the vastly superior one of the two yes she's she says everything with her eyes and with her expressions and with her physicality. But the fight between her and Wolverine is in this so Empire good. State is really, really good. Especially when he cuts her claws off. Yes. And she just screams because you realise, yes. yeah, he's just cut off a part of her body. Yeah. Like, and when you, when she turns back, she's got like scratches on her and you're like, yeah. oh shit. Like he's, he has fucked her up. <laughs> like this is not good. Um, That's so good. Oh, that's great. I do. I see. I like that movie, and I like X Two a lot. I've not really watched X Two yet, but X Two is worth it for McKellen, Jackman, um, and most notably Cox. Like it's worth it for them. It's always worth it for Cox. Um, I'll do anything for Cox. (laughs) No, I'll do anything to see Cox on my screen twenty four seven. No, I don't know why I brought that up. Shape shifting got me to think of it, and I decided to talk about X Men for a little bit Um, because I had. uh, Well, we had the 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 pack of. X one two three and Wolverine. Yeah, we've got that one. Because because I'm I'm in the process of ripping a lot of stuff to DVD so I can get rid of the physical copies, and that was one of the prime uh, prime candidates because I don't want that shit mucking <laughs> up I my shelf. <laughs> but uh, it, it can take up two gig on my hard drive. That's fine. Um, yes. Also, the music when she changes. Yeah. The score is great. It's probably like that weird. Like, but enough, oh. enough oh. about. Damn it! You made me want to watch. What the fuck X-Men? are we talking about? X Men. Made me want to watch X Men. Um, okay, enough <laughs> about X Men. Um, <laughs> Don't get me started on that train. HBO. HBO released their um, 2019 <laughs> trailer. Their yearly. Hey um, everybody! Here's what's coming. And it has our first looks at the final season of Game of Thrones, uh, the third season of True Detective. Uh, which should be some sort of comeback for that show, because by all accounts, season two was bad. Um, and also our first look 
at HBO's. I've never heard that phrase. Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with a long, with a better descriptor, and then just like, no, it doesn't deserve one. <laughs> Who was in season two? Season, um, season one was uh, McConaughey. See, yeah, McConaughey and um, Woody Harrelson. Uh, season two was like Vince Vaughn and Taylor Kitsch, I want to say. Well, there you go. Um, no offense to those gents, but like, you don't start with McConaughey and Har- Harrelson, and then bring in Vaughn and Kitsch. Yeah. You you, you yeah. half and half it. You you bring in a Vaughn with someone else, or a Kitsch with someone else. You don't bring in yeah, those who, two. Who was in Who was in season two? Let's. Um, was Colin Farrell in one of them? Ah, uh, that might have been season two. That might have been. Was you and McGregor thinking. in one of them? That's no, Fargo, isn't no, it? No, yeah, Fargo was you and you. Because Fargo did a similar thing, didn't it? Well, like season two had different main characters and stuff. Yeah, uh, Fargo is a is an anthology <laughs> series, so. Um, season two or season true season two was like yeah I was Vince Vaughn Colin Farrell Rachel McAdams Taylor Kitsch um, I think it doesn't separate them by series but yeah that's all series, series two cast TV but once then, again establishing that yes it can get bigger names and has bigger budgets and is now more appealing to a lot of bigger names who normally would just do films. Uh-huh. Because they're like, what? You want me to work on one thing solidly for the same amount of time I would on a film, but I'll actually be doing something every day <laughs> instead of sitting around waiting to find out if I'm shooting. Oh, the cast okay, season three looks interesting. Uh, we've got Maharashtra Ali is, <gasps> is heading Oh, Maharashtra Ali is amazing. Um, and we've got Stephen Dorff popping up and Ray Fisher. Nice. Ray so, Fisher. Ray Fisher. Oh, do, do you know what? I'm really happy about that. Because I, oh. I did not want his screen did career you, to begin and end with Cyborg. Did you see that Cyborg is in the Doom Patrol series that's going to be on... Played by Jovian Wade. Yeah. yeah. That's um, interesting. It's an odd teaser. And I can, see why, teaser. I can see why people are mocking the Cyborg look. It does look... Do you remember that picture we took of Justice League merchandise in Toys R Us? Yeah. Where... Yeah. Yeah, we put on like the cyborg and flash masks. Everyone's favorite superhero cyborg. They, back when they had the merchandise out um, last May. Back when before the film came out in November. Didn't Toys R Us close before the film came out? Just after. <laughs> Just after. Yeah. That that was the death knell for Toys R Us. It was the Justice League. Justice League merch. No, I think, um, I, I'll be honest. I think it was all the misses. <laughs> and the fact that they never sold sold anything uh, for less than recommended retail, even yeah. in sales. Yeah. Even when they were closing down, it was like, here's your guide to the discounts. 10p off. It's just like, Fuck it, yeah, what? you're going under, guys. Entertainers like that, because I, I got my I got my um, Titans Return 6 shot yeah. from B&M for 15 quid. Yeah, but in, B&M do mass reductions every night. But that was in 2017. Yeah. They've got loads of him in mm. the entertainer now. Yeah. Which is two and a half years after he initially came out. Thirty four ninety nine. Thirty four ninety nine. Thirty four ninety nine. There you go. And they got stacks of the fucker. Also known as Stuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Entertainers so, yeah. an odd one. I was in there the other day, uh, in um, Lincoln, and they had a bunch of Star Wars Black series, and I stopped collecting those. But they had a bunch of them for twelve pounds. That Gamorrean guard looks sick though. Do you want mine? You can have him if you want. Have you got the Gamorrean with I've... the with the fur skirt and the, all the yeah, weapons? They oh. did a new one this year. Oh no, I've not got that they one. They did a new one this year. Sorry, no, it I got, looks. I got the one they I got the one they chucked out last October. Oh 
mate. He's barely poseable. It's really stupid. Like, he's got all the joints, but the costume impedes any poseability. It's so stupid. I'll show you. But yes, continue. Um, But the Black Series, and a lot of the older ones for 12 quid, like Obi-Wan, which was like the second one, prequel Obi-Wan. I wasn't buying, but I was like, I've not seen that for like five years. Mm. I was like, this is great. And there you go, on the rack, on the next peg along, Darth Maul. The one prequel character, Black Series figure, that was like, oh, I do want that. I've only got one prequel series. Oh, Gamorrean Guard. Sorry, I thought you meant Praetorian. Oh, Sorry. no, no, Gamorrean Guard. Yeah, but that's amazing. Um, um, no, the uh, the only prequel character I had so far was Django, because it was a good figure. Yes. Um, and now I can take the helmet off and do Aquaman fan fiction. Yeah. Um, or, Moana, or Moana prequels. Aqua fan fiction. Um, Aquafan. Hey! hey. Mofanwa. Oh. oh! Also, I can just take the helmet off and roll it across the floor to orphan children. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't, don't. There's a Mace Windu figure in the smaller Black Series range that comes with Django Fett's helmet as an accessory. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> That's brilliant. The only thing that would be better is if it came with a little infant bobber. But, um... But the only prequel figure I wanted from Black Series was Darth Maul. Because it's a good figure and he's got sort of... It's cloak, but it sort of clips off so you can have him as he... You know, sort of as he's in the end of the film. Yeah. And the lightsaber's like clippable so you can have the, the single blade with the cloak, which is the look I kind of like for him. Uh, or not. And I was like, this is great. I was 12 quid for this. Fuck yes. You know what? I'm going to do it. If I'm not getting any more Black Series figures, if this is my last one, I'm doing it. This would be great. And I went to the counter and just forgot to count the guy. I went, oh, he says, uh, you, you, you do know... Uh, the Darth Mauls are slightly differently priced from the rest of them. It's like, oh really? He said, oh yeah, it should. It, it used to come with me. He took me back to the shop. And he's like, yeah, these guys are a couple of pegs along. I looked over. And there's like six Darth Mauls. I was like, oh my god, these guys are really hard to find. There's six of them. Twenty-eight. Yeah. That's why. That's why there's six of them. Twenty-eight quid. Yep. Twenty-eight quid. Now that's still cheaper than you can get him online. But I was not in the mood to buy him and then like auction it off or whatever. I was like, no, I'm not flipping this. I'm not buying one for myself. Sod it. No. Twenty-eight quid for that. You're fine. And then they had some Marvel Legends for 12 quid, but the paint apps were terrible, so I didn't pick up the Star-Lord. Yeah. The moral of the story, kids, is uh, B&M and shop online. <laughs> now, I shouldn't be encouraging you to shop online. I should be encouraging you to shop at Brick and Mortar. But when your Brick and Mortar is like Toys R Us, an entertainer charging recommended retail or above, I don't blame you for going online. Yeah, you go These where stores the have to change their plans to survive. Yeah. I want them to survive. But I'm not going to support them if they're going to steal my fucking money. Man, let's not even get started on Smides. Oh, um, oh, God. oh Smides is an odd one because they, they used to be cheaper. I said let's not get started on Smides, Chris. Yeah, I, I, bought, um, <laughs> the, the 13th, I bought the 13th Doctor figure <laughs> online yesterday. Uh, she's due to dispatch on Friday because on Vin Planet's website she's £12. £3 delivery charge, 15 quid. Mm-hmm. She's twelve ninety nine in store but She's been showing up sporadically in different shops. So people are buying them out really quickly. Yeah. And as such, if you want to buy one on Amazon at the minute, it's only a few independent sellers are selling her. And they're selling her for upwards of £37. <laughs> and, and the figure's got one review so far on Amazon UK. It's a one-star review and it's a twat bitching and moaning about the show being boring. Good. It's got nothing to do with the toy. Good, good, it's good, good, like, good. Oh, for God's sake. 
Oh, for God's very sake. good. Um, you can tell we've not seen each other in a while, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're the tangentry is crazy this week. What we should actually be talking about <coughs> right now, is what we should actually be doing, HBO's is, trailer editing. Yes, and uh, how they made it a comfortable length for a TV spot. Well done, HBO. Yes. Okay, so um, next story. Uh, <laughs> HBO, we got our first look at True Detective season three. We did a whole <laughs> tangent about True Detective. <laughs> first look at the final season of Game of Thrones. Aye. <laughs> we also got our first look at HBO's Watchmen series. Um, Watchmen from HBO, probably a. I think we've decided it's a sequel. Two yeah, original I, I was not aware of that um, entirely. We definitely touched on this before. But... Yeah, because uh, because the character descriptions they released, they were like that doesn't match up to anyone or anything from original Watchmen. Um, so this is some kind of sequel. Um, it looks like we've got a Rorschach pretender person with the spray painted mask and the eye holes, little eye holes. Yeah, lots of weird. people, lots of people wearing full body, full face masks. Policemen um, with yellow heads. Uh, do they have more suits under those uniforms? Mm, inquiring minds want to know. Um, you pervert. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do, pervert. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10. Would pervert. Again. Jeremy Irons. Widespread speculation. Baseless speculation based upon five minutes of HBO's Watchmen. Five <laughs> seconds of HBO's Watchmen. Um, <laughs> that is literally He is... That he is an older Adrian Veidt. This is probably set in the modern day. Adrian Veidt, of course, being Ozymandias, the ultimate... I suppose he's the villain. Villain is, the, is a good word for him. Yeah. Of, um, of the, the original of the story. Original, uh, the original Watchmen. Um, I mean, I classify him as a villain, considering what he was about to do. Yes. And what he started doing. No, what he did. He did it 35 minutes ago. Um, Hang on. This is a sequel to the comic book, then, not the film. Or it could be a sequel to the film. I hope it's a sequel to the comic book because I want there to have been a giant squid. Yeah, that's never going to happen. So it's a sequel to the film, probably. But he's ignoring Doomsday Clock, which is the comic book sequel. Well, that's, that's fine. Still, that's still coming out. That's 12 issues and it's still not finished. It's Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. But that's fine because that opens yeah. up a whole can of worms. So yeah, because it's got them coming to the current DC universe. Mm. Um, but it also has that... Ozymandias leaving the current DC universe in... Uh, leaving the Watchmen universe in 96, just as a n- worldwide nuclear war is erupting. Because his plans failed! <laughs> so I'll be interested to see what happens in the wake of that in this version of events. Yes, this is the Superman Returns of this um, piece. Yeah. This um, is the Halloween 2018 of this piece. Yeah, you've got Jeremy Irons looking all dapper, wearing purple. Is it Gila Flats, which is where Dr. Manhattan was created? He's probably Ozymandias. Yeah. Or Adrian V or whatever he's got he's calling himself at this point. Will Alfred Pennyworth. Alfred Pennyworth. He's definitely Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> will he have will, this is the question I want to know. Will he have a mutant cat? No. And if Cats so live like sixteen years. Will will <laughs> he mutant or otherwise. Will he Probably be less. able to marry it to avoid taxes? That's what I want to know. Oh, God. Anyway, that's enough speculation on Jeremy Irons. On Jeremy Irons. outlook on life. Jeremy Irons and his bubastis tryst. Um, <laughs> you love it, don't you? That was not a phrase I was expecting to hear. This filthy podcast. man, um, <laughs> Jeremy. Let's. Um, 
Him and his bastist tryst. Mm. Um, Speaking of bastist trysts. Trist. Uh, so, we were talking a little bit before the podcast about Netflix's Daredevil and all that. And hoping to see that again. Now, I came across an interesting little tidbit uh, when I was looking up news stories. Uh, so, Mike Colt has been talking about Luke Cage. Aye. And he was saying that he wasn't actually that surprised when the show got cancelled because production-wise, as they were coming to the end of that series, there were just a lot of red flags that were ringing for him of like deadlines being moved and things not happening when they should and meetings getting put back and, and things like that. But he's also said that he's confident that they'll see it again in some form. Yeah. But it's it's too early to tell. It's still yeah. it's still all um it's all up in the air. But I also I can't remember if this has been officially confirmed or if it's just a rumor, but apparently Netflix have still got the rights to these versions of the characters for 2 years after the end of the series. So even if Disney wanted to, they couldn't see they couldn't make new series of these sh- new seasons of these shows for another two years anyway. Yeah, they've got a, basically a um, which is a long time a backwards buffer. Yes, which cannot be changed or tweaked. A woofer, a a bo- boof, a woofer, a woof woof, a woof woof, woof woof woof. They call me a buff boy. They call um, me- Number one best boggling boy. <laughs> Number one best boggling boy. So that's an interesting boy. little tidbit that I thought we'd share with you all. Do we think? Do we think we will see the Netflix versions of those characters? Again? I hope so. The only reason I'm in doubt as to the validity, uh, to the certainty of that, is that D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Wilson Fisk in Daredevil in the MCU, what has put out. Uh, has shared a poll from fans, uh, a petition to get confirmation of a new season of Daredevil. Yeah. Now, one of your leads, especially your breakout star, would not be sharing that if he knew something. I, oh, would he? I, yeah, no. Because he's also very openly, uh, when people have said, I'd love to see your version of Fisk against the MCU Spider Man, he's repeatedly gone I'd love to see that too that I'd would be great. love to see it and and it's like okay and and it, it, those responses have now changed recently to him going I'd love to see that too let Marvel know <laughs> tell them do you know what I mean so that says to me that these characters are very much not like a big part of the plans yeah. going forwards uh, or at least are a, 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 a penciled in part of the plans and not a dead cert it's all and that would suck part of the plan yeah, but it's a shit plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, who knows? Who knows what's going on with these things? But it's yeah. We do base the speculation based on much less, like five seconds in a tra- in a trailer. So why not? Um, let's talk. Aussie, about... you demandius. Oh, hey, you the man now, doggius. Now from man to extended fam. Oh, hey, don't ever say that again. No, well, she, um, she did though. She, she did, yeah. even after she was told not to. Yeah. She did again. Let's talk about our favourite television show. To reluctantly discuss. That we love to reluctantly discuss. 
Um, Drew. Drew, the New Year's special. Resolution. Brackets. Is it, though? It should have been. mm... In hindsight, I think this will always be referred to as... For those who don't know, we're about to talk about Doctor Who Resolution, the New Year's special. There will be spoilers. Here there be spoilers. Be there spoilers here. Spoilers. Although, if you don't know what the big spoiler is... Really? <laughs> Dravins. I wasn't expecting Dra- that. I was not honest. expecting the Chumbleys to make a comeback. <laughs> oh, uh, but, we, but we were always anticipating. Oh, no. Um, I do love a Chumbley. It all along. I do love a Chumbley. Um, <laughs> I watched the Sensorites recently. It's fucking bobbins. It's awful, isn't it? It's so long. It's like one amazing episode. And then three, like, oh, what the hell am I watching? F- no, Five. It's six episodes oh God, long, sixer, isn't it? Oh, and then Reign of Terror is six episodes long, but at least Reign of Terror is historical, so it's got that going for it. It's still learn, too fucking long, shit. though. You're learning shit. In Reign Animation's of weird. I hate the animation in Reign of Terror. Some of it's, it, it's some of it. I hate the animation in Reign of Terror. It goes from being really fluid to really static really quickly, and that just tweaks it, all it, your it's, uncanny it's valley like stuff. It's almost like CGI shaded. Yeah. But it, it's just, it's odd. It's and some of, really some of it's clearly rotoscoped. Yes. <gasps> when it cuts to just the yeah. rotoscope stuff for a moment, you're like, can we not just have that for the whole thing? Because at least then it looks like we're watching... Yeah, but, then it still a, but at least then we're watching an old cartoon. Like, it would yeah. sort of look like an old yeah. cartoon. And instead, it's just these static shots of the faces going, man, the loose motion thing, I've with program Bloody hell. It's very weird. Anyway, but if you want to talk good CGI... Freaking resolution. Resolution. So, resolution had some exceptional visual effects work in it. Are we saying that this is a standalone thing, or are we saying that this is actually the finale of season it's, eleven? It's the standalone, but I think it's it's it can also work as the finale of this burst of, of eps. This burst for sure. Like it's it's, it's in, in the same way in the same way that um in the same way that twenty thirteen was seven B, then Day of the Doctor. And then Time of the Doctor. Time of the Doctor very much felt like a finale to the year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Time of the Doctor felt like a, oh, we've had a great year. Here's one more adventure. And and this felt like that to me. This felt like, hey, we've had a great season. Here's a blockbuster to wrap the year upon. Although, technically, start the next year on. I, I really dug Resolution. I really, Brackets really of the Dalek. It. Brackets. Resolution of the Dalek. That um, should be one of the Singular Dalek. Dalek. No one said Dalek. It was Dalek. <clears throat> Speak to me, Dalek. Speak to me, Dalek. I am Henry um, Van Staten. Now recognize me. How did we feel? How about does it feel? All the character stuff. Right, so this had some of the most interesting payoffs, an actual payoffs for character arcs. Aww. Grace's, par- Grace's uh, effect, the death of Grace... And its effect on Graham was resolved in the series. Yes. The one lingering family issue we had was the issue of Ryan's dad. Which yes. Was, which was beautifully sprinkled subtly throughout the series until the last couple of eps when Ryan was a bit of a dick about it. Yes. And it was just sort of, okay. But you get it. He's You're being hurt, a bit of a hurting. dick, aren't you, Ryan? Now, watching this immediately after, it makes this feel like the finale. Because it yeah. does make it feel like, oh, that one lingering thing we didn't get around to. Here it is. Wrapping that up. And I think that was handled really well. Um, I know that... Uh, what's his name? Tozin Cole. Yes. I know he doesn't strike a chord with everyone. Uh, he's got a very minimalist sort of like delivery, a very television yeah. as opposed to stage delivery. 
And I know that has been jarring for a lot of people. And I will admit, sometimes in the series it has made me go, dude, emote more, please. Just this is do... the best he's been, though. But that was what was nice about this. Yeah. You could see, especially in the cafeteria scene, you could see all of that pain under the surface. Yeah. And he got some killer freaking lines that he delivered beautifully. Yeah. He was really good in this. It was a real step up for, for him. him. And, and, and who's he actually played his dad? We'll, we'll, we'll figure out the name. Actor McDadman. I'll look it up now. He was great. As a last minute addition, you really did feel like this was this was somebody who knew they'd screwed up big time. Mm. And they were just kind of hoping everything would be alright with him showing up. And yeah. learning, yeah, no, it's not going to be that simple. Yeah. Um, that was great. And again, we've said it before and others have said it, I think the strongest performer of our ensemble cast in terms of you know how how they've handled stuff has been um, Bradley Walsh as as Graham. He's had some really nice stuff to work with this year, and his scenes with uh, what's his name? It's, uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Adebayega. Adebayega. Um He was he was great. He was really good, and the scenes, the couple of moments with him and Bradley Walsh were fantastic. Yeah. Um. So that stuff played really well. Unfortunately, it did highlight once more how throwaway Yaz has sort of become. Listen. She's surplus to requirements, and it's really sad, because Mandip does a really good job. And when she's given the chance to shine, she's great. See, I... I she does kind of feel like a spare part now. I, 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 The thing with Yaz is that I don't feel like she's missing that much character development, because she comes into it as the most secure, like, self-assured, oh, complete sure. person. But I'd like, to, le- but I'd like to learn more about her then. Oh, we will. Like, not, not necessarily, like, a journey she has to go on. I think Chimmers has said that she's going to get more to do next season. Yeah. I, I hope, um, as, as weird as that sounds, I hope that was a reaction. I hope that was a, I acknowledge people feel bad about that, and yeah, we could have done more, so we're going to do more. But like, I, th- no, I think, think that would be a better way to respond to it than, oh, we were always going to do it later, because it's like, no, hang on. Hang on. Mandy- That's the terrible excuse. That's like, yes. oh, Metropolis is destruction. Yeah, no, it was all part of a plan. We promise. Here, we'll put it into this movie we've just greenlit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like, you yes. can't do that. Like, you have to acknowledge that, yeah, we made a mistake, but we are going to turn it into something and we're going to follow on and, and deliver more of what we know you lot would prefer to see. And that's definitely the case here. I want to see yeah. more of Yaz. More Yaz, please. As a, like, give us a Yaz episode. Where it's just Yaz having to deal with everything. Which we kind of got with Demons of the Punjab. Oh no, but no, I mean, I mean, like put her in a solo situation. Oh yeah. Like okay. give us a Love and Monsters, give us a, a a Christmas Invasion, where it's just like you know, give us a human nature. Don't give where... us Love and Monsters. Please. No, but you know what I mean, like where it's it, the the main character is Yaz for that episode. Yeah. Like she's she's having to deal with something, and the rest of them are separate from it, or or you know, trapped or whatever, and she's got to do it all. Like let us see, let us see. The extremely capable Yaz suddenly dealing with the situation that is way out of her wheelhouse. Yeah. And how she deals with it. Um, there was another great um, character in this one. Again, uh, do you have the IMDb up for the episode? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, let me grab it. Um, the character was Lynn. Oh, uh, Charlotte Ritchie from Fresh Meat. Yeah. Yep. Holy shit, what yep. an amazing job she, she did in this. She was brilliant in this. She was so good. <coughs> because... Again, what made Resolution so refreshing to me was, and I, I really wish they hadn't done that teaser trailer with the vocal effect to give it away. I really wish they hadn't. Yeah. Because I think going into this cold, people would have been terrified 
and then suddenly been like, oh, when that reveal of what the, the beastie was. Because I think when you first see it on the walls of squid, it's not necessarily a Dalek. Yeah. It, it looks a bit like a Dalek mutant, but definitely a redesign. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Black and squidgy, no facial features in amongst the flesh anymore. Just this sort of, this like bulging like sack on one part of it. And I think, sort of um, breathing. I think the longer tendrils as well. Like it, it sort of looked like a, a fucked up version of, of the Dalek sec mutant we saw in, uh, in uh, Daleks Take Manhattan. And also it having abilities that we've never seen in a Dalek before. But that makes sense. <clears throat> because here's the thing. Oh, they're going to moff up Bash. Yes, because in his era, he did everything he could to try and change their law in a way that made them less effective. They scream exterminate not because they're trying to kill people, but because it recharges the weapon. What? Oh, the Dalek, yeah, that happened, The Dalek itself it? may not necessarily be a hate-filled creature. The tank channels that. Uh, their pain and yeah, suffering is turned well. into... So it's like... So what you're trying to say is that they might actually be innocent creatures in there sometimes. Mm. But then you also do whole concepts about, like, a, a good Dalek. Well, how's that a thing, then? If apparently they can also be really nice and just trapped. Like, what? No. Really nice Dalek. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? It's just so stupid. Yeah. He really butchered the Dalek mythology in his run. Um, like, the least complicated, least controversial thing he did in hindsight. There's is, is space the, Nazis in the, tanks. Yeah, the new paradigm is the least controversial thing he did with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He tried to present a fresh slate at the end of Asylum. They forget who he is. Oh my God, that's amazing. We can do so much with this. And The next they... time we see them is in time the Doctor, and they're like, we raided the information from the Cybermen's base. You are the Doctor. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. Alright, uh, okay. Because mm. the, the ones in Day of the Doctor don't count because they're from the past. Like, you know, they're not... It's not following on the storyline of Asylum. No. So it's like, oh. Okay. Well, the Daleks aren't really villains in Day of the Doctor either. They just sort of a couple of them appear a few times as part of the Time War narrative. Yeah. So it's just like... Weird. Uh, it's just, uh. But speaking of the Dalek, um, that's why oh. that's why Lynn Lynn as a character and that performance was so good because she was dual rolling, being puppeted by the Dalek. You so are good. My puppet. And the fact the voice wasn't Dalek-y. It was just Dalek-y enough. Was so nice. It was just a little bit of. Uh, this, this was a mutant there. that liked what it was doing. Oh yeah. It had a mission, but it, it was enjoyed it. It laughed. It was Sadalic. Yeah. It was a sad. Oh, the first time it sounded, the first time it sounded Daleky was when she was slamming her back against the wall trying to get rid of its influence at the very end. Yeah, and you heard it scream like it, it sort of screamed like um you know I, I can't remember said something like you cannot stop, do this stop, to me no, or something. And it sort of was like you cannot do this to me. It was like oh god that sounds like a Dalek. That's really freaky. Yeah, and then obviously once it got into a casing, it was like. Nicholas Briggs, full on, welcome back. <laughs> full on Dalek. Full um, on Dalek. We were talk- we talked about this in the pod before, and, and we discussed it with Five Who fans as well before, like, is now the time to recast the Daleks? Because now would be the one sort of chance where you have to do that and maybe give it a different flavour. Thing is, Nick Briggs does a really good job as them. Yeah. So, it makes as, sense. As long as you give them something interesting to do. Yeah. Which they haven't and, done for And if we're going to have a visual redesign, you want to keep the voice <sighs> the same as best you can, really. Yeah. So... Obviously, this is not the redesign. This was a, a beautiful way of them going, look, here you go. Here's a new Dalek. 
both mutant and casing. But it's not the new Dalek. But it's not the new Dalek. It's your one-off for this one-off story. Yeah. Enjoy. Because they, I think that was a really good way of doing it. They're because very it, careful. They to... gave us our cake and they let us eat a bit of it. Yeah. And then they took the cake away and said, we'll see you in 2020. They never show you the Dalek in the flashbacks. Yeah. To the... You see, you see it in a, in a drawing. Yeah. At one point and that's it. So... <clears throat> tied yeah. down and burning. That's quite good. Which was a great visual. I love the idea that like... It was an early scar. So, so it, it, it ties into like Dalek invasion. Yeah, because in the Daleks they've not they've not travelled. No Dalek invasion. You found out that over centuries they developed means of leaving Scaro, but they've been plummeting through. That's how these ones ended up at Earth. They didn't reach it. They plummeted through different like um, wormholes and things like yeah. that. And that's why this whole fleet have arrived on Earth and they're turning it into a into a ship so they can pilot it and use that as their next vessel of conquest. Yeah, which is a great idea. In this, it's sort of implying that yeah. The reconnaissance scouts were the first ones they sent out. Dalek, individual Daleks were sent away from Scarrow as reconnaissance scouts. They were bred specifically to um, survive, I guess, in case their casing was destroyed on land, on like landing or whatever. Yeah. So that they could... I mean, this idea was... If you're going to rewrite the law slightly, Stephen, take notes. So a Dalek that's a reconnaissance Dalek can adapt to a new casing simply by plugging into something yeah organic and being like yeah i'm i'm a weak creature that is vulnerable so you're now my means of transportation yeah that's that was dominant yeah being puppeteered by Dalek. that's really cool that was just the fact that it was just three little plugs in the back of her neck like it just sort of had but, three suckers to her neck but they just and it was in there and just that whole like again carrying on the doctor tradition that's now this is like the third time they've done it the idea of this Thing latched onto your back and no one knows it's there. Yeah, like do you know what I mean? So we've planet the spiders and turn left. And now we've had this. I think I think one of the Doctor Who pages posted a picture of all three of them and with the caption, "Who wore it better?" Yeah, <laughs> so that was quite funny. Uh, um, um, but yeah, I, but this was eerie. And it, like just the, it was very Lovecraftian and just like ugh. Daleks have used mind control in yeah. ve- for since Dalek Robo Man we yeah. have the people who've been converted in Asylum of the Daleks which again was sort yeah, of an, impl- spy, an implication the spies, yeah. yeah which is sort of an implication of it it's like it's like a different version of the Robo Man because yeah. then it happens to Tasha Lem in Time of the Doctor yeah um, and it's sort of like okay that's kind of cool in the film adaptations use the Robo Man yeah like you know they, they've done this uh, it's not new to them um it's just a new twist on how it, they uh, do it. Yeah, it, it uh, and more. It's more. Daleks are scary. Finding new ways to make them scary does get difficult as each generation becomes more used to them. Yeah, it's down to your script and to your other characters' reactions to the Daleks to tell how scary they are. In this case, it was down to both those things and a really good original idea. And also it destroying lots of military. <laughs> a CGI Dalek la, sequence. A la Dalek. To make sure no one found out ahead of the release of it. Brilliant. That Dalek was CGI in that sequence and it was probably the best visual effect of the whole run this year. Yeah. It looked so good. I like, loved after the, the spider After design. the spiders in Arachnids, I was like, yeah, you guys, I like what you're doing. Yeah. I can't wait to see what else you do. And it I... also explains why episodes like uh, the Battle of um, Ranscor of Carlos. Ranscor of Carlos. That's it. Ranscor's order. Keep going. Like why that was very um, maybe misjudged in terms of like the placing of it in the season, but like why that was very effects minimal. Yeah. 
Um, and some other stories very far. It takes you away was very effects minimal. Mm-hmm. I rewatched that with Lucy last night. It was the first time she'd seen it takes you away. Uh, Rob score of Kalos and um, uh, resolution. And the ending of it takes you away would have been ten times better if it wasn't a puppet frog sat on the chair. <laughs> it was just the actress who played Grace talking to her because then they could have acted the shit out of yeah. that sequence. I like the acidity of the puppet frog. I like but the acidity but a CGI frog work. would have been better. Yeah, it doesn't quite Or work. a puppet frog that didn't move its mouth. Yeah. And it was just you heard the voice. There was a voice in your That mind. that would have been so much more effective. Instead it comes across as the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Because last night I listened to that like, I knew it was coming. So I just listened to the dialogue of the two of them and I was like, this is amazing. Mm. But that puppet frog is taking so much mm. away from it. I've seen more convincing puppet frogs in pantomime this December. Hi, how you doing? Hi. You know, on the last show, they filled it with foam. <laughs> I put my hand in it. I was like, oh, you bastards. You bastards. They filled it with foam. It started seeping out of the seams during the scene. Oh. Oh. It's horrible. Um, but yeah, so I, resolution, man. Uh, who, who's the, who's the fella that she fell in love with? I've just got rid of IMDb. I'm so, I'm so um, sorry. But again, he was lovely. He was, he was sort of quite light and fluffy and that was fine. Cause at first I was like, oh, this is corny. Yeah. And then it's I just, just went on a... I was like, oh, Mitch, wasn't it? was the character's name. Yeah. It's been a good season for side characters. Yeah. As the episode went on, I was like, yeah, he's light and fluffy because we need to feel bad that this is happening to his friend. Yeah. Um, the sewer set was amazing. Apparently that was one of the biggest sets they've ever built for Doctor Who. Uh, one of the, the biggest one-off sets they've ever built. Nikesh Patel. Nikesh Patel. He was, he was uh, Again, he was light, fluffy, a bit cheesy, but then it paid off as the story went on. Oh, he's in the Artemis Fowl movie. The upcoming Artemis Fowl movie. Oh, who's he playing? Uh, Mulch of Foley? Foley! Yeah, apparently so. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought he might be Mulch because he's more of a comedy part, but um, actually he'd be really good as Foley. Uh, he was in the, the, the Andrew Scott uh, Hamlet as well. Was oh, the one where Andrew Scott, as talented as he is, yeah. butchered that soliloquy. Yeah, he's, he's in that as Fortinborough. So, um, yeah, he's done some stuff. He's done some stuff. He's got some stuff under his belt. Got some mileage. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he will love it. Uh, yeah, so that, that's the sewer set was the biggest um, one off set they've ever built for the show. Really? Yeah. I, that I wasn't thought, the location. It's got to be location. No, it's a set. Fuck. Good set, right? Yeah, that looked like a fucking location. <laughs> that shot, actually, my favorite shot in the whole thing, where there was at the beginning. It was the um, the fading of the fallen, the fallen. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And the way it just faded to the archaeological dig, like seamlessly. Yeah, that was very good. That was so well done. And then the that fact that the shot carried good. on, like he he Mitch crouches into shot and begins his work. And you're like, wait. <laughs> How the hell did they just do that? That's yeah. so seamless. It's very good. My God! It's it, yeah. There's there's a, there's a lot more flair. <clears throat> the look and the series. sound of the series yeah. has been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I really uh, enjoyed Resolution. That's kind of all I have to say about it now. I can see as as a wrap up for the series in general, series eleven and the Resolution. I can see why some have been dissatisfied. And when I say some, I'm not talking about the raving people who are going, oh, "Not my but... doctor." Like, look, if you if you don't like this interpretation of the doctor, or you're not a fan of the casting. That's fine. My dad... Get... But, but the giant rants, it's like, guys, stop. My dad like, got a little uh, annoyed during the coffee shop scene because he was like, with Ryan and his dad, he was like, right. I don't want to know about Ryan and his dad, I just want to see more Daleks. <laughs> yeah, but that's because your dad had been looking like, forward to seeing the Daleks yeah. for ages. It's like, chill out, dad, it's called character, you know? Those things you tell stories with? Characters. <laughs> <laughs> and it all made sense for later on in the story. And it all made sense for later on in the story, it yeah. tied into the Dalek story. Yeah. Because I, I was certainly worried that they weren't going to tie in the dad stuff and it was just going to be... 
Oh, this is something they didn't fit into the season and they've yeah, crammed it into it. Here. Um, so I get, I get that, but then they do actually tie it up. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, cool, nice, and it leaves. Ugh. It leaves Graham and Ryan's relationship and characters in yeah. a better in a better place for next season. They don't have any that they don't have that much baggage to deal with going forward. So you can then focus on the house. Mm. Um, Ryan's dad being in on it's going to be an interesting. Yeah, spin too. We're definitely. I think we're but definitely. We're, we're getting a Jackie Tyler. Yeah, like we're getting someone who's we're, back home who knows about it all. Yeah, and isn't part of it, but is aware of it, it and a, and is an excuse for them. Is now an excuse for them to come back yeah. to Sheffield. Yeah, to do stuff. And I, I, it's because it would get to the point where you're like, why do they keep coming back to Sheffield the same Sheffield's way? Cool. The same way in the Russell era, the one recurring sort of eh, was why do they keep coming back to London? <laughs> this estate. Why do they keep coming back to Cardiff? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> because people outside of the UK know what a London is, <laughs> and because a we're London. filming, and because we're filming in Cardiff. Yeah. But it's just like, come on. The show that can go anywhere and everywhere, if you're going to anchor it, which I think is needed, that was a great thing in the Russell era, yeah. the family anchor. If you're going to anchor it, give us a reason that we have to go back to that place specifically. Yeah. I think the show's been missing that since the Russell era. Yeah. It's miss- I mean, don't, missing don't do the too, anchor. Don't do it too often, um, but do it every now and again. Yeah. Every like three or four eps, go, go on, we'll do one back home. Now let's go to a random planet. Now let's go to the past. Now let's go to the, like, you know, vary it up. I now can see let's what, I can go see to what... Blackpool. Oh, God. I know. I'll take you to... I can see why people have problems with this series. But for me, personally, it was a breath of fresh air. It. I haven't been... I haven't been this pleased for who since the first few eps of series 10. Where yeah. we were like, oh... Oh, this feels new. This feels new and exciting again. And then the Monk Trilogy happened and killed it. This is way better than that, though. Yes. Way better. I would argue that, yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I, I dug Series 11 a lot, and I think Resolution was a great way to end this run. Uh, it just sucks that they haven't planned... Well, I, mean, I mean, I know a little bit about behind the scenes, so I can, I can speculate about why there is no series this year for sure yeah but it's their place to say the real reason like it would just be speculation for me to say it but you know I, I know a little so I know that it's a little out of the control and I'm kind of I'm kind of for the reason why there'd be a delay yeah but to not have anything planned for 2020, uh, 2019 at all is a really bad move well they did it was New Year's Day that's all you're getting for the year. I'm just saying, in Russell's last year, leaving the show, we got, from the Christmas of the previous year, five extra specials, um, a season of Torchwood, its best season so far, like Children of Earth, Yeah. a Doctor Who animated special, and a series of Sarah Jane adventures. Yeah, but you know, like, what, you know what Russell T. Davis is, though? Great. He's a madman! <laughs> No, he's a marvellous man. <laughs> uh, speaking of Has to be said with the hand gesture. Speaking of marvellous madmen, um, let's and and women and um, non-binary, all in betwixt. Let's talk, Let's take some emails and let's take some. Let, let's bend pieces. over and take some emails. First, first bit is a tweet. Tweet from Liam. Hey Liam. At, at Liam the last on Twitter says. Given that it's his birthday today, 
it's the 8th of January when we're recording this. What's your favourite David Bowie song? Ooh, meat. Life on Mars, next. Uh, ooh. That's actually really tough. Or maybe Moonish Daydream. Moonish Daydream is pretty gorgeous. Um, mm. I am I am a sucker for Ashes to Ashes, because I just like that... Dun, 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 like yes. that really odd melody, so nice, and and, and it's, very, it's very alien. The entirety nice. of Ziggy Stardust. But I'm going to go left to field... Okay. I'm going to say Dance Magic, because whenever I hear it, it makes me smile. Because <laughs> technically, it's a David Bowie song. It's very good. It's I'm just not a David Bowie lie. song made for the movie Labyrinth. It's me, Brett David Bowie, from the movie Labyrinth. Wuzzles. Theatricality is so superlative. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 definitely an early Bowie guy over his later stuff, so it's always gonna be Ziggy Stardust stuff for me, with the exception of Life on Mars, which is just like like Life on Mars is just stunning. It's just gobsmacking. I remember watching the video to Lazarus for the first time in an office oh. from Black Star and crying my eyes. Oh, it's just heart wrenching. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that is a level of like kind of brilliance we can all only ever aspire to yeah knowing your time is up kind of preparing for it in your album releasing your album because it's like it's, it is the anniversary of his death song a few days away as well isn't it yeah it's like releasing his album release the album you don't do any big performances for it you have your birthday like I think he released the album I think today didn't he like three years so, ago yeah like released the album on his birthday Comes out, celebrates his birthday with family and friends. A few nights later, goes to a quiet New York like bar, like you know, open mic place, with a couple of mates. Goes on stage, performs, like just randomly joins the open mic. Everyone loses their shit because he's there and it's really cool. Do a quite intimate gig, have fun. Went home, passed away. It's just like my god, dude. <laughs> and then everyone listens to Black Star again and goes, "Hang on, yeah." <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Dude, I mean, the dude does... Jesus, the... <clears throat> the planet went to shit shortly after because he went to find another planet. <laughs> no coincidence. No coincidence. But I'm done with this Earth. Prince, if you're not busy in the next few weeks, come and join me. Oh, no! Have you listened to Neil Cicerega's new song, Prince.mp3? No, you told me about this, but I've not listened to it. Wo- we'll have a listen after this. Oh, okay. It's wonderful. Um... <laughs> and it arrived at five in the morning when me and the Panto drummer Mike... We sat down, drunk, eating a kebab on the floor of my digs. And it arrived in the subscription box at like 5 a.m. It was like, well, we're just talking about Neil Cesariga. This is fate. Let's play it. This is fate. <laughs> we uh, need this in our life. Much like your email. Like this one. This is a way back. This is a way back. Yeah, we've got a couple from Tom Monty because we've been banking him. So this first one is going to be about... The finale of season 11. So the battle uh, of... The battle of Avkolos. Avkolos. Hey! Um, Dear Chris and Matt. Dear Tom... Monty. Welcome Doctor... to 2019, Tom. From yes, the welcome. The Doctor Who finale, for me, felt just like any other episode of season 11. Oh, God. David Bowie's coming. Um, <laughs> and when no. David Bowie comes, star systems appear. <laughs> If Series 11 has taught me anything, 
it's how much I'd love to see Alan Cumming as the Doctor. I mean, that would be lovely, to be honest. wrong. That would be pretty cool. Especially Um, if he plays it exactly the same as he played King James. Yes, please. Um, I haven't been a fan of the new TARDIS dynamic and wish it was the Doctor, Graham and Grace as the main team. Do you think Grace could have made a strong main companion? Yes, although the marketing team and some of the exec producers will probably be panicking that the character there weren't enough young characters. Uh, yeah, people. that's what that's that's what the pushback would have been. I think it, I think it, I'd I'd enjoy watching it, but they would have been like, oh, the kids are just going to think it's too old. Everyone's too old. Um, I, think, I think you could get away with that if you had polar opposites in a way. So like, if your doctor was much younger, yeah. I mean, Jodie Whittaker's what? She's early 30s. Uh, Yeah, I think she's 35, 36. I'll just check. She looks a lot younger. She does. She's She's got a youthful youthful face. And she's got a very um, youthful energy in the way she plays the doctor. She's got youthful energy, but like a mumsy delivery, which is quite nice. So it was a nice mix. She's 36. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that could have worked. But I could, it would have been risky. Risky. More risky than anything they did in the in the actual series. Do you think the finale closed series eleven in a satisfying way? We've covered this. I did. You not so much. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. So um, much. Again, on second watch, I found more to appreciate, but I I sort of wish like those things had more room to air. I thought there was some nice character closure for Graham, particularly. So that was that that it made me happy. Um, do you think it was a wise move by Chibnall to bring the fan favourite Tim Shaw back? Um, I, it was going to happen anyway, so I, I, I think, don't think it matters. <laughs> I think a, I think a stronger story could have made more of that. Yeah, because again, my favourite part of it was him and Graham, and it's like I wish that had been the focus rather yeah. than Tim Shaw being like Revenge. I think the actor who played uh, Tim Shaw of the Stenza was really good, and that that prosthetics. Um, design and everything is really nice yeah and i like his redesigned costume yes in, in run score of carlos like i think it's a really like sort of the the the, the, the kind of like chainmail robe shit that he's got going on is really cool yeah um but he's not yes he, he's not your finale villain is he like he's not your the stakes have been upped because tim shaw is back yes like i th- maybe 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 if you'd tag-teamed him, maybe if the finale had featured another villain from the series. Um, some would say, it did, it had the sniper bots from episode two. Oh, God. It did, but why? Yeah, what if... Why what, were they there? What if we'd found... Um, why were there sniper bots? What did we call him? Oh, is that so you can mention Ghost Monument and it kind of makes sense? What about Space Racist? If he'd have turned up. No, because he's not a big bad. Yeah. He, he, he needs to not show up again. Really? To, to Just to show how significant, insignificant he is. Yes. Yes. But also keep his effectiveness as a storytelling device mm. to that episode. Um, no, you should have had um, something there, like, or 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 you should have made use of your your quote unquote demons from Demons of the Punjab and had them be present in a Watcher style way. Yeah, and it'd be the whole thing of if they're here, then they are bearing witness to a death. And then when the Doctor finds out that Graham's like, "I'm going to kill him," it's like, "Wait, yeah. what?" And do you know what I mean? Like the stakes could have been upped a bit more there because. Yeah. It, that would have been the payoff for having watched the series, is having seen those two stories, you'd have been like, oh. Yeah. Oh, someone's going to die. Like, they're here to honour someone. That doesn't necessarily mean a good person, but from what we know of them, it's likely. Mm. Is Graham going to die trying to kill Tim Shaw? Mm. 
I can't call him Tim Short. So. <laughs> it's, the drama of that finale was a bit diminished Tim a Shaw. little by the Tim Shaw thing. Tim Shaw. It worked in Ep 1 because it was them, Tim Shaw. them taking the piss out of him. <laughs> but when he was meant to be the big bad and they kept calling him Tim Shaw, it was like, please stop. I do quite like it, though. Uh, Favourite episode of Series 11? Mine was The Woman Who Fell to Earth. Uh, Rosa. Yeah, Rosa for me. Rosa. Rosa, Rosa was my favourite episode for about seven um, years. What effect do you think having Series 12 in 2020 will have on the show? What do you think the BBC's reasoning for this is? We've covered this a little bit. Yeah, um, I, 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 again, I could speculate based on stuff I know. It's not my place. I've made my beliefs clear on many occasions that I... Bradley Walsh is pregnant. They've yeah, had to Bradley hold production. Walsh. No, <laughs> my, my, my belief without any behind-the-scenes info, my, my assumption is that this was a make-or-break thing for Doctor Who as a whole, and if it hadn't been as successful, we wouldn't be getting a Series 12 which is why it didn't go into production until... Well, it's not going into production yet. Um, oh, which works, is why works, we're waiting. Works begun. Yeah, works begun now. Begun, yeah. but, why, but that's why it didn't go into production straight away, which is why we're waiting until 2020. That's what I believe. I don't know if that's true. And they, they have said but, it'll be as soon as possible in 2020. Yes. So it's, it's very likely it could even kick off in January. Yeah. Like we could have like a January through to April show next year. That'd be neat. A winter Doctor. And then get ahead of themselves... So that there can be a Christmas slash festive season special, and then and the new back series in, in spring. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be good. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I do think it's daft not having anything. The main effect that they I need think... to have something, something, even if it's like they they just announce a surprise special, they go fuck it, we're doing a special later this year. The main effect Halloween I think special it will have Halloween want to be great. Halloween special. If you're gonna do a one off, do a Halloween special, then that could be the first thing that goes into production. My and could be filmed in block one or two. My uh the main effect it'll have is that there's just no new episodes until twenty twenty. Yeah. But if you're a Who fan, there's still plenty to go off. Of. I think they can really build the hype train coming off the back of this. So the Blu-ray box sets are coming out, which if you missed the first one, you've really missed it. After I got my second payday for for Panto, I was like, I think I'm gonna buy the season eighteen box set, fuck it, I'm gonna do oh, it. Yeah. And then I looked it up. Guess what the cheapest is I could find it for? About sixty odd quid. No. Oh. If it was sixty quid I would have bought it. Oh god, how much? Last I saw. 220 quid. Fuck off! Are they not doing like regular editions of them without all the limited edition no. bullshit? No. It's, it's They're straight up limited edition. So oh, unless you've got 40 to 50 quid to drop the moment they come out, you're not getting them. And I'm fine with that in a way because I've got those stories. I have them on DVD. But I was thinking, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to commit to a Doctor Who purchases like this year... Three or four of those box sets over the course of the I year. Think they're missing enough. a trick by like, doing them limited release. Like, do, at least do like, like single case editions. Yeah, after the fact, and be like, there you go. <clears throat> but no, whatever. Yeah. Um, Tom Monty's other other email comes in and says, "Greetings, Chris and Matt. Hello, oh, Tom. I hope you both have the mm-hmm. most lovely of Christmases and New Years. It was all right, thank yeah, you. Pretty sweet. Um, some, some, some hairy fella came to see me in Panto at some point. That yeah, was, that was yeah, nice. I'm a bastard. Yeah. Uh, what is your number one most... I laughed at some of the subtle jokes that no one else got. What is your number one most <laughs> anticipated movie of 2019? Ooh. Endgame. Avengers Endgame. I mean, yeah. If, if we're talking just like anticipation, Avengers Endgame, Avengers definitely. Endgame. Um, we covered more of this in last week's episode, if you want to hear yeah. us talk about 2019. Um I think the more I think about it, yeah, uh, the more I'm really eager to see Spidey Far From Home. Because this past year has been a freaking yeah. golden year for Spider-Man. Like we got Infinity War, we got Avengers Infinity War, we got the PS4 game, 
and we got into the Spider-Verse and they were all exceptional. Yeah. And it's a great time to be a spider We got Dan Slott wrapping up his run on a really high note. Yeah. We got the new run beginning with, uh, you know, really good reception. Um, we have the internet getting in on the the ironic trade of spider sonas. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of love for Spider-Man right now. As well there should be, because he's fucking Spider-Man. So I'm looking forward to seeing that momentum continue, especially in a film where apparently the freaking villains are, was it the Elementals, was it? Yeah, so you were saying. It's like, holy shit. Like, what? With Mysterio involved and the vultures in it. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to that. I'll believe it when I see it, sunshine. It's a, it's a that's already out that I've just not seen yet and we'll see in 2019. I want to go and see The Favourite. I saw that e- on Sunday. Is it good? It's very good. It's, it, is it basically Olivia Coleman's Amaze Balls and now more of the world is able to see that? Uh, in part... It's very uncomfortable dark comedy. Yeah. Uh, and it. Well, she's an exceptional comedy actor. It kind of doesn't. It for me, <laughs> it falls apart a bit at the end because it kind Does of it get a bit sappy. It just finishes. Oh. It doesn't have a, it doesn't have a proper ending. Yeah, a lot of is it a British movie or is it an American? It's movie? a British movie. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's co related to it stars as a lot of yeah. American actors in it, isn't there? But yeah. Um, so in fact, the, in fact, there is for the two big sort of across the pond this side centric movies Mary Queen of Scots yeah. is a, a big sort of Which yeah, just this is a very looks, American slash it looks so boring but David Tennant's got a giant it looks so boring and yeah, I know David Tennant's got a giant and I know beard. Josie Rourke's done some really impressive stuff in in theatre and it, this is a first feature but it just is it the washed out colour palette and the whole like this is how the Tudor times looked look that everything oh, seems to oh, use oh look we made Margot Robbie look like uh, Lena Dunham. Not Lena Dunham. Um, <laughs> oh, <wow>. Lena Hayde. <laughs> Aren't we clever? <laughs> it's like, they don't look that different. What a transformation. She looks like Lena Hayde. It's like, you just didn't want to use Lena Hayde, did you? Wait, was it meant to be Lena Hayde? No, but you know, look at look at Margot Robbie as yeah. Elizabeth the first. What does she look like? She looks like Queen Elizabeth I. Yeah, also, what does she look like? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be very good and all that, but I just don't care. Uh, but the favourite, yeah, it's um, Olivia Coleman, Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone. I like the central trio. Three people so, I like a lot. So yes. I, I, yeah, I'm still, I'm still going to give it a go. It's good, it's good. You ain't no, pushing it, me away, son. It is your, good. With your... Natural reactions. It is, it is good and it is worth seeing. It's just for me, it can kind of, it's kind of it doesn't have a proper ending. It just finishes. You're such a Marvel show. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. Just because the favourite part of the DC uh, extended universe. What, what about video games? <laughs> video games. Yeah. What about video games? Um, um, I don't. I'm not really like. I've not got a real throbber for anything that's coming out in 2019. The only thing I'm really really excited about going forward is um, Death Stranding and that's not got a confirmed release date yet it's probably not next year my morbid curiosity has me excited for Kingdom Hearts 3 not necessarily to play it but well, just, to in like three play, days or just to watch people play it and mock it Ugh! pretty much this is silly I'm going to get it cheaper later on I've got, well, I've got Persona 5 over Christmas I'm going to play that instead it, it's leaked but apparently the most important spoilers aren't on the disc yet <laughs> so what? So it's broken street dates. There are copies of it out there. Yeah. But they haven't pushed the day one patch yet. So apparently, like the most important revelations and the proper ending aren't on the disc. 
That's what the that's what the uh, developers have been saying. Like, don't worry about it. It's not on the disc. <laughs> I mean, as a failsafe, that's kind of genius. Yeah. But also, just get your distribution right. Don't be shit. <laughs> um, do you think we are likely to see Rick and Morty season four before the first of January twenty twenty? No, but I reckon we are going to get a teaser and possibly a season three style first episode of the season dumped on us before the end of the year. Yeah, I can see that. Like, there's been a long enough gap now because season yeah. three, season three debuted April first, twenty seventeen, didn't it? And season three had a difficult production. Yeah, it was twenty seventeen, wasn't it? When season yeah. three came out. Yeah. Yeah, and then the se- the rest of the series came out later in the year. So, and now it's full steam ahead, and it's just one big production company making the show for ad infinitum years. One hundred so, years, Rick and Morty. One hundred years, Rick and Morty. Morty, you and me, Morty. One hundred years, Rick and Morty. Dot com. <laughs> I got a um, Peace Among Worlds T shirt for for Christmas. Oh right, okay. <laughs> Just the middle fingers. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, oh, that's great. That's really um, what are your thoughts oh, on YouTube Rewind 2018 and the negative response it has received? It, I've not paid any attention to I, it whatsoever. I do pay attention to this shit. Um, Rewind 2012, I think, was the first one? Are you familiar with the Rewind concept? No, is this just YouTube being fucking idiots? At the end of the year, in 2012, they released a video called Rewind YouTube Rewind 2012. Or was YouTube Rewind was the first one. Yeah. And basically, it was sort of like a, a big produced... I think the first one was just like a countdown. Yeah. It was like um, clips of the top ten like biggest memes. What like an episode countdown? No, no, no. I mean that'd be fun. Uh, but it was like it was like the biggest memes that you sort of compiled together in a video with someone talking about it. It was kind of a fun idea. It was like, hey, so on this platform, here's the ten biggest, most watched, discussed things. Yeah. Oh, look at this funny dance video. You all went fucking nuts for this. Isn't this hilarious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, it's kind of like a. Excuse me. That's Jesus Christ, Chris. Oh yeah. Take but... some Pepto Bismol. There's some Gaviscon there. Blah. But it was fun because it was like, oh, yeah, I remember that video. I forgot about that. It was like in January. Oh, that's, do you know what I mean? It was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Rewind then became produced. Oh. So it's all like, um, oh. essentially an extended music video. And it kind of worked. The first few ones were great. Like there was one where, I think it was 2013. It's like the Gregory Brothers or whoever, like, you know, the, the Songify people, Songify the News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like come in and start pitching it to Psy. Yeah, because it was the era Gangnam Style, and he sort of was like, "Yeah," and it got you know, it just sort of goes into like different performances of the song recreate. I think that year was like a recreation of the Gangnam Style video, yeah, but with loads of massive YouTubers, and it was people who had big followings, big subscriptions. Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. And it was, it was kind of a fun idea. It was like you, you sort of you sort of treated it like a bit of a bird spotters list. Like, oh yeah, I watch them. I'm familiar <laughs> with them. Oh, that's really cool. They referenced that meme. Ooh, oh, the, the lesser spotted great yeah. tit. It was, it was just a four minute video that made you go, "Oh, that was kind of fun." And I, there was a few things in there that I remember. That was really cool. What a great way to round out the year on YouTube. Let's move on. <laughs> As it's come on, they they started to lose some people a bit because it was very American. They started to use international channels, which is a great idea. Yeah. But they would they would equal it up, which again is a great idea. But it did mean mean that a lot of people in the West were a bit confused. Yes. And a lot of people, obviously, in the other countries were confused. Because um, <clears throat> it was like, okay, this is odd. Um, but then it became about globetrotting. I think one year they, they put people in different settings. So like some of the American YouTubers were in Japan, some of the Japanese ones were in Italy. And it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Then controversy started to come out. YouTubers involved in it, primarily British ones. The, the British YouTuber Emma Blackery did a big blog on this about 2016 Rewind, I think, where basically they weren't being paid a lot to be part of this, even though essentially they were like, we want to parade you because you've done well. Yeah. They weren't being looked after 
they were freezing like on locations and stuff and there wasn't any freaking supply like water or like a place for them to hang out because basically the permissions for filming they weren't like oh we, can we go can we go into the freaking country house that we're filming in front of yeah no we haven't got permission to do that well, where can Good. we go can we go in one of the cars well the cars are gone because we just rent them for the morning and then the afternoon to pick one up so hang on what so it was just one of those like Good. we've been invited to be part of Rewind and you Good. get there and you're sort of treated like shit sort of like a really really rubbish set it was like excellent well this is interesting then controversies happen so PewDiePie is the number one subscribed YouTuber he makes his first appearance in one of them oh, burying, yeah, the, yeah. burying the rewind button on a beach at the end and he makes his appearance in the next one the next one starts with the turn down for what video you know the guy on the roof like twitching and then he belly flops through the floor and that's how that video starts it's PewDiePie on the roof and he belly flops through because of course they're like he's the number one subscribed YouTuber of course we're going to put him in rewind yeah. and controversies happen so he's not in it anymore so they focus on other people and then they start bringing in contra- con- controversial figures who have big numbers which is great for YouTube's algorithm and the money they're making oh, yeah. people that people don't like like last year's rewind 2017 there's an extended sequence with the Paul brothers two days before he dropped the Suicide Forest video yeah, so it's like, huh. But the thing is, they've also pushed... They've also tried to push it in the years since that YouTube's doing, like, the Lord's work. And they've tried to basically show, sure, like... Sure, sure, sure. Like, think of all the suicide prevention that's happened because of YouTubers and all this... That sort of stuff. Uh-huh. This year's YouTube Rewind is dog shit. There's an entire sequence of it. The bulk of it is just a bunch of YouTubers sat around a campfire, like, they're telling stories. Oh. They're not all massive ones. They're, they're big ones, but they're not all massive ones who are, like, liked or have big fan bases, so much as, like obsessive teen fan bases and things like that oh. and then and then like Casey Neistat is a, like a really interesting vlogger is sat next to some Japanese YouTubers at one point and they're saying what they want in Rewind and they all jump in those two and him jump up and go K-pop and it's like why would he be saying that why is he saying that he's got nothing to do with K-pop he's known for travel vlogs K-pop what is this like what's going on this is really strange uh, and in it they're all talking about like we want to thank all the like all the the, the people who Push through this year, and, and basically, it's, it feels like a forced message. It doesn't feel like a celebration of the year's memes anymore. It feels like YouTube making a, a corporate video to show to their potential advertising partners. Do you know what I mean? It's about look at the good that comes out of this website. You should totally do ads on our website. Nothing good comes out of YouTube. But the biggest insult to a lot of people is YouTube's motto used to be um, says the people who are on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube's YouTube's uh, motto was originally. I'm trying to remember what it was called now, because I, I joined. I became partner during when they first started using. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, broadcast yourself. Yeah. The idea being, YouTube, and the reason it was appealing to me as a teen and when I started making sketches and stuff, was because to me it was local cable television. Yeah. Like it was your own channel, much. and you could make stuff, and it could be for you, could be for your friends, could be for other people to discover. Didn't matter if you're having fun doing it, do it, and that's what it was, and that's what it can still be. But then obviously TV stations and networks and movie studios have got involved in that. So now a big part of YouTube's like daily thingy is the late night talk shows and stuff like that, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't complain entirely about that. I love the late show Stephen Colbert's stuff. I like their writing. I like the monologues and all that stuff. So I'll watch it. If I, if I want to see their take on the news, I'll watch a clip the next day. And I think that's handy for people who don't live in that country to see it. The fact they make it available for people in different countries to watch. Yeah, that's great. But they're not YouTubers. Like, Stephen Colbert's not a YouTuber. The no, late show with Stephen no, Colbert no. has a YouTube channel. And it's yet not 20... a YouTube show. Yeah, and yet the 2017 thing, he began with him talking to two guests on Satellite, which was someone, I can't remember, and Lele Pons, the biggest cancer on comedy online ever. Mm. Um, 
she was a viner who worked in six second doses and who now has a massive career on Instagram and YouTube and makes millions of dollars a year yeah. and is painfully unfunny. You get more enjoyment watching commentary channels who have a nice like style and a comedic style. Yeah. Watching one of her videos and trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Like that's where the entertainment value of Lele Pons comes from. Watching people go, you're not alone. This is fucking stupid. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> it's like, oh my yeah. God, thank God. It's not, it's not you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely her. But like, she's in it. But people are going, why is Colbert opening it? Now, fair enough, during the montage, having a cameo, like one year's a cameo of the zebra that did the weird, the zebra costume that does a weird dance, <laughs> uh, running through John Oliver's studio and him just following it. That's fair enough, because it's like a cameo from yeah. John Oliver. But the Colbert opening, the last one, it was like, Colbert's not a YouTuber. And like, Jimmy Fallon always fucking pops up in them somewhere. Like, Jimmy Fallon. Waste of fucking breath. And he, you know, he, he's always there. It's like, he's not a YouTuber. This year opened with Will Smith. Will Smith's recently got into social media big style. He, he's, he's... Big Will, Will style. style. He's got, find. He got an Instagram account last year and he's done really well with it. Like, it, it's one where he's obviously working with a marketing team as well. But his content is really entertaining and fun. Sometimes it is just him on the jog and he just turns his Instagram story on and just does a chat and posts it. As it should be. Sometimes it's, you know, promotional stuff. Uh, videos for things but it's great it's like wow this is actually making me want to see more Will Smith I've missed the Will Smith that I'm seeing in these videos I've missed him but him opening YouTube Rewind make no freaking sense and in it it's like what would I make Rewind about he's like I want Fortnite and something something and you're like why is this happening why why nope I don't want this why in my life so to answer your question Rewind 2018 shit and it's never going to be good again. <laughs> YouTube is shit and it's never going to be good again. Um, so if you're not already subscribed to us, subscribe to us on YouTube. Big damn yes. channel. <laughs> um, it's a sinking ship. And finally... And we're playing the fucking violin. <laughs> last word from Tom. <gasps> um, not Tom. Not sweet little Tom. Chris, how's your panto going? When does it finish? How do you feel about it? All ending. It's all over, Chris. Everything is ending. Went well. We got really great reviews apart from one, which wasn't a bad review. It was just a boring review. And it was the one in the most, like, sort of the, the place where you'd want it to be a good review. It was like, thanks, guys, for half-assing your review. Um, but really nice reception. More importantly, the audiences had a fucking ball and we got loads of lovely feedback and people came back in late at the run. They were trying to find random seats and, I had and a soul ball. shows. You saw it. Give him a verdict. What was the show like? like? It was great fun. I had a really good <laughs> laugh. Some some cracking fucking jokes in there that people just missed completely. That I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a Chris. <laughs> mm, very good. Um, cute child performers. There was a fucking train. We had a train yeah, on there stage. There was a train on stage. On a track. It wasn't pulled. It was on a track. A train. An actual train. It came in like a wrecking ball. There was a wrecking ball. There was a wrecking ball. There was a giant cock. <laughs> and balls. We've discussed this. Yeah. John saw it the other day and he Good said, fun. he said the podcast didn't didn't do it justice. I wasn't prepared for the jockstrap. No. I took a photo of it from the dressing that, room in interval and sent it to him with the caption, it can't hurt you anymore. That jo- well, <laughs> no, it only hurts you. On the last night, it was bigger than ever. I kept stuffing it. In the oh, week, no. Bigger bigger. Oh, um, no. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It was great. I, I enjoyed my time there. And if, if you are around Lincoln, um, I urge you to go and see some of the new theatre orgs. It's a wonderful team working there um, who 
give a shit about theatre, basically. Nice, isn't it? And they'd like to grow that theatre to nice. to do more. At the minute, they're very big on, in terms of the sales, tribute acts and, and nights like that sell really well. But they want to get more plays, they want to get more musicals in there, and, and, yeah. and people in the area aren't biting currently. Um, so, you know, for business reasons, they're sticking to more of what they know sells, but they want to expand. So go show them support. If they're doing a screening, they do lots of screenings of family films, uh, go to a screening. Buy the tip. Buy them tickets. Buy Get feedback. Let buy them, them know. ticks, son. Buy them ticket a ticket a ticks, son. Yeah. Go see some of the uh, the New Theatre Royal, uh, Youth Theatre Academy shows there. Like the younger kids, go and have a watch. Like see some kids dancing and singing their heart out. Do that. Support that. Let them know that you want to see more theatre. It's really good. New Theatre Royal Lincoln.co.uk. See theatre. I might see you there again sometime soon. You never know. Chris, we have one more email. <gasps> Is it the taxman? No. Has he come to take me away? This one comes in from James. And it's a recap of series 11. Of um, X-Files? Of Dr. Huem. Oh. No, season 11 of X-Files, not worth recapping. <laughs> um, <laughs> says, hello again. Big damn cast. Uh, well, hello again. James. Uh, <laughs> I feel it has been too long. Since my first email, so I decided to do a general review. Technically, it's been too long since all of our first yes, emails. Yes, <laughs> to do a general review for Doctor Who series eleven. On the whole, I was impressed, <laughs> very impressed, even with this series, and I feel that it was a step up from the end of the Moffat era. I thought that Jodie Whittaker's performance was wonderful throughout, and that she could really put life into the script. However, oh, there were some areas where lines about the Doctor's morals were a bit on the nose and I feel there was too much waving around of the Sonic but that's just a small gripe yeah I could have done with a little less yeah, the Sonic was what's the name of the thing in Star Trek that analyses things Tricorder Tricorder yeah. the Sonic acted more like a Tricorder this series yeah. and and again fine I think Jodie Jody had a physicality yeah. which I think is there because it's there for the kids Like it's yeah. the sort of thing if a kid's got the toy they're going to do that sort of casting out the arm thing it's very wand like yeah yeah but it, it was a bit it's very magic wand I kind of wanted less of the Sonic this series not in the usual kind of oh Sonic X market just a bit less of it yeah. I wanted to see her get her hands on other stuff um, although it was a very shiny tubular and you have to <laughs> trade it for information of course um, <laughs> okay, Kevin Elder no. was great yeah. As ribbons of the seven stomachs. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Very good. Referred to Yaz and Graham as the bird and the codger. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> a moth crawled out of his eye socket after yeah. he'd been eaten alive. Good. It was good. It was, was good. Some Doctor damn Who. good stuff this year. It was good, Doctor Who. <laughs> um, it was good to see fewer episodes in a contemporary setting and more historical and Sapphire episodes. Yeah. The historical. I mean, we, we got three solid historical ones yeah. which find is Rosa and Demons the Punjab yes yes that's a that's a higher rate than usual isn't it yes. I, think. Yeah. I think so I do, um, like, I do like me some historicals I do like me some stories. And, and I love a good fjord pseudo historical that is a nice fjord that is a, that's a great, lovely fjord <laughs> is it fjord uh, the series certainly <laughs> has polarised the fan base and I hated how people review bombed each episode on IMDB yep people yeah. are dicks oh it was gross but isn't it weird how that didn't happen like, we didn't like series 9. We yeah. didn't like most of series 10. We didn't notice swathes of people dumping shitty reviews. Like, yes. like, like, at the stroke of the time the page was available and things like that. But notice how it happens for the first series with a female lead. Interesting, that, isn't it? And with a ethnically diverse cast. It's almost like cast. there's some sort of... 
I don't know. Bigotry, some, sexism, some racism. Sort of bigoted streak on the internet that just has to spoil everything for everything else. Everything else, everyone else. Because they're cunts. Um, but I think that leaving Series 12 until that is 2019... Not to describe, that is not to say everybody who didn't enjoy Series 11 is a bigot or a sexist or no, this and the other. No. But you got to admit, there are a lot of people on that side of the aisle who are. Yeah. <laughs> and they really are. And they really yeah. are locally. Uh, like I said before, the one review for the Jodie Whittaker Doctor, Doctor action figure on Amazon.co.uk as of the recording of this is a one-star review that's just slagging off her acting ability and Series 11. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the toy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that leaving, leaving Series 12 until 2019 is a good move. 2020. Um, in fact, James, sorry, it burst your bubble. It's a good move. As more time to work on the show will mean that problems people had with this series can be dealt with. Uh, what we showed, like Yaz's, yeah. um, Yaz, the lack Yaz, of Yaz, really, more the Yaz. lack of focus on Yaz, um, giving the Doctor maybe a few more stories where she's on her own, or yeah. at least uh, not with the three others, Break so, so that we can see a bit more of her on her own would be nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I'd do? Hmm? I'd do a three-parter where it's the same story, but they're all split up. So there's, it's, there's, it's, a, there's a running thread. Oh, it's all in one setting, and there's a running thread. But throughout each episode, it's as part of the story, flashing back to a previous adventure she's had. One with Ryan, one with Yaz, one with Graham. Oh, I do it and where the narrative is like a, a thing. I do it where I'm a sucker for flashbacks. At, at, the, at the start <laughs> of the first episode, the Doctor, Yaz, and Ryan and Graham get split off, and then the first episode is like. Ryan and Graham's experience with them coming back together at the end and the second episode is, is Yaz's experience with them coming back together at the end and the last one's the Doctor and, and, and do it that way. So it's it's the same story Oh, Keith and Marinus it. Have a uh, Yaz episode, a Graham episode, a Ryan episode and then at the end the Doctor shows up and was like, yeah, well I just, I did the other thing over yeah, there. I did it all. Hi. I did it all. <laughs> sure. Now, I'll go, now I'm going to get you out of this trial for no just, reason. Just do a sensor out and put one of them on a ship for three episodes. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, we're bringing it down now. Um, oh, the Celestial Time Makers turned you invisible, Doctor. Oh, how terrible. See you in a couple of weeks, Bill. <laughs> Go have a lie down. Overall. Just get these lines recorded. Off you pop. <laughs> overall, Graham out of ten. Is that what they say? Yeah. Well done, James. That's well done, James. Yeah. Thank I th- you. I think I think we're all unanimously united in our love of Graham. We love Graham. Well... Our first face-to-face podcast. Mm, you know what this means. Of 2019. We what? make out now. No! Oh. Now I'm going to go to Twitch and stream Adventures in Backlogging. Yes, you is. But but, but not not by the time you're listening to this, because I'll have already done it. I've recording this. <laughs> Quiet! Listen. What? Big Listen. Damn... Listen. At Big Damn Cast on Twitter... Big Damn Contact at gmail.com. Damn right. Look for the Big Damn channel on YouTube. Look for Big Damn Stream on Twitch. We are everywhere. And we're spreading. So get some Cree on us if you want us to go away. Um, no, that didn't work. Wait, what? <laughs> um, thanks Take for listening, three folks. of these every five hours. And, and call us in the morning. And we'll never leave again. Wait, um, it's been a pleasure, folks, to be back. 
says the person who never left. <laughs> um, and we will see you, or you will hear us, I can say. Same time. Same time next week. Here on the Big Yeah. Oh, definitely not there. I'll shake it. Ah! Not washed it though. True.